Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Transform Church. We're so glad that you're with us. We're glad that you're part of the great things that are happening here at Transform. And we're privileged to be part of what God is doing in our community. And so today, we're actually in our final episode of our series called Mission Critical. I hope it's been an engaging series for you. It's been exciting. It's encouraged you to get actually a great perspective of how God moves in our world, how God moves in our lives, how God moves in our community. And so it's important that we lean in when God directs us, that we lean into where he's taking us. Because oftentimes we try to withdraw, you know, and coming out of COVID lockdown, Shanala, we were talking earlier, you feel like you don't want to engage anymore, right? You feel like I've been so isolated, it takes effort now to come back and engage with things. But I want to let you know that God is engaging in our world. Whether we are in isolation or not, He's engaged in our world. And He wants us to be His representatives to back. So gets get engaged again in what he's doing in our church, in our community, and especially in the world around us. Right? All right. So here's the title that I have for you this morning. It's called, Who's Got Talent? All right. You probably watched a TV program called Australia's Got Talent. Maybe America's Got Talent. Well, the question we have for you this morning is, Who's Got Talent? Right. Have you ever been in a schoolyard? Most of you probably have as children growing up, right? And during recess or break time, guess what you do? You play games, that's right, that's what you do. You play games with your friends, hopefully friends. And you know, the important part of playing games with your friends is that you get to be on a team. Now, the great part of it is, if you have a good friend, they're gonna pick you for your team, right? And if they don't know, you're probably not going to get picked. I remember when I was in the schoolyard and during recess, we used to actually do relay. Our school was kind of in a block, so the school was in the middle, so we could race around. So we'd have relays, right? That was our entertainment. I don't know how much fun it was, but that's what we liked to do. So we'd had two teams, and then we'd race around, you know, one, two, three, four points and get there. Or we'd play hockey, though, not ice hockey, not Canada, mind you, but just field hockey. And we used to enjoy that as well. But maybe you've been on a schoolyard and you got picked for a team, right? Do you remember that time how it felt? It felt special that you got picked. And it was a great feeling, like, great, I'm on this team. You felt like you belonged, that everything was going great. What about if you did not get picked? You ever had that feeling? It doesn't feel so great, right? It's not like you belonged. You didn't feel like you were part of it. You didn't feel welcome. You didn't feel belonged. You know, innately, all of us as human beings, we want to be loved. We are created to be loved. We are created to be engaged in community. We are created to not be in isolation, but to be part of community, be the part of the world that we live in. And so when we don't feel that love, when we don't feel that welcome, when we don't feel like we belong, we feel like we're unwelcome, we're left out, it doesn't feel good. We don't want that feeling. None of us want to feel that way. And the reality is that we live in a world right now that is very decisive, right? Everything is about division. 
It's happening all over the place based on race, based on religion, based on gender, based on sexuality, and now based on vaccines. It's all about division, right? It's difficult. And it seems like our world is determined to classify, to label, to segregate, to analyze, and ultimately leave us so confused we don't even know where to go and what to think. Well, today I'm not here to confuse you, but I'm here to enlighten you. To what God thinks about you. Right? What God has for you. And so the question is, have you ever felt like an outsider? Maybe at work, you went in the in-group. Maybe at school, you didn't feel like you belonged. You weren't picked for the right team. Maybe even in your own family, you were the black sheep. You weren't part of what was happening and so your whole world felt like you're struggling to belong, struggling to fit in. Does anyone have Disney Plus? Yep. <laughs> have you ever watched the movie Dumbo from Disney? Yeah. You know, if you haven't watched it, it's about this cute little circus elephant. And he's born and he has these massive years. And he's always tripping over them and all the other elephants make fun of him because he's different, right? And so he's struggling with his existence. He's questioning why is he born this way? What's the purpose of his life? And no one likes him. They make fun of him. They don't want him around. He's not picked for the right team. He's not involved in anything. His mother gets locked up for being a bit too protective. And so he feels very alone and isolated. He just has a little mouse friend that tries to encourage him now and then. But ultimately, the great thing, if you watch the end of the movie, is that he discovers his purpose for his years, and it's great, right? And what the moral of the story is that it doesn't matter what you look like, God has a purpose for you. And oftentimes, we disqualify ourselves based on what we think other people want from us, what people see what people understand, maybe the color of our skin, maybe our education, maybe our background. All of these things, we choose a myriad of things to disqualify ourselves. And sometimes, to be honest, other people disqualify us based on those same criteria. And we have felt ultimately left out. Maybe you've made fun of, or maybe you've been you know, just put on the back burner. Maybe you just weren't part of the group because you didn't come from the right background, you didn't have the right education, you didn't have the right family, you didn't have the right color, whatever it may be, you just felt you didn't belong. And I said, today, I want to share with you what God thinks about you. Because I think what God thinks about us is ultimately so important in our lives. Because oftentimes we validate ourselves based on other people's opinions, other people's standards. But the reality is that we need to be able to stand on who God thinks he is because he is our creator. He designed us. He formed us. And he knows innately what we are created to be. And ultimately, we might be confused of why we exist, but God is never confused why he created us. God knows why he brought us into existence. And all of us have been created on purpose for a purpose. We're not by, here by accident. And so through the series, the first week we heard from Paul talking about what he thought and what God, impressions, God impressed upon him 
of who we are. And last week we talked about Peter's experience of going through turmoil and difficult situations and how God has a purpose even in the most difficult seasons of our life. And today in our conclusion, I want to talk about both these great men of God, Peter and Paul. They're going to share their thoughts with us because here's what they experienced. They experienced how God redeemed them. God help them through difficult circumstances because both of them went through difficult circumstances but they ultimately discovered it's not what people say about you it's what God has made you for that's important it's not what people think about you it's not what people define you have it's what God has made you for that's important they discovered this important fact in their life and when they discovered that, they were able to actually step forward and be who they were made to be. They didn't have to struggle anymore. Because you look at their past, you look at Peter's past, and you know he struggled with his identity. He struggled with who he's supposed to be. Am I a fisherman? Now I'm following this guy. Now I'm running away from him because I'm persecuted. But when he discovered who he is in Christ, he stood up, stood up firmly in God and says, this is who I am. And if you remember anything about the story of Peter's background and past, Jesus called him the rock when he was just a pebble. He didn't even know who he was when Jesus saw him, you're the rock. He didn't become the rock till after the resurrection of Jesus, where he stood strong. But God speaks into our lives before we even realize who we are. He speaks our future into our present. So we can understand that he's not in the same path as us. God is in our future as much as he's in our present. And so he sees our future and he speaks our future into our present. So we can understand where we need to go. So often we get confused because we struggle with who we are. And so... Peter, from this place of wisdom, he writes to the churches in modern-day Turkey, and he's encouraging them because they're facing tremendous persecution. They're struggling with their faith. They're struggling to identify who they are. If God is for us, why are we going through this difficult season? So Peter writes to encourage them and remind them of their future, remind them of who they are. There was great turmoil in their present. They faced the reality of being rejected, but he asked them to focus not on what they're struggling with, but on what's important. See, oftentimes we lose focus on what's important because we struggle with what's present. We don't understand the important thing. We struggle with the present thing. And the present thing might not be important, but we struggle with it. And so he writes this letter. And so today I want to share with you the three points or pillars or principle that Peter wants to leave with them. And he starts with this. Number one, God chose you. God chose you. And he says this in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. He says this, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. God chose you. I want you to speak it to yourself. Tell yourself, God chose me. Tell your neighbor, God chose you. You were not left out on that field, you know, when your team was getting picked. And oftentimes when you're on the school team or the, uh, the recess team, they're going to evaluate what kind of sport you're good at, right? If you're playing basketball, they're not going to pick the shortest guy. 
right? You get disqualified based on your height. I'm going to pick this guy because he's tall. Or I'm going to pick my friend. And if you don't know anyone, especially if they evaluate you and think that you're no good at the sport, you don't get picked. God's not like that. God picked you whether you were good or not. God chose you. It doesn't matter what sort of sport. It doesn't matter what you were good at in life. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what you messed up at. He knows how much you did this and didn't do that. And he still chose you. He chose you. You get picked for God's team. You're never left out in the dark. You're never left out on the field feeling rejected and alone. You're part of God's team. And here's where God is different. He knows everything about you. He knows what you did, what you didn't do, and he still chose you. I love that. There's so much packed into that one verse that Peter says because he talks about the foreknowledge of God. You know what the foreknowledge of God means? It means that God knows everything, simply put. Which means that he knows your past, but more importantly, he knows your future. He knows what you did, and he knows what you're going to do. And he knows when you messed up, and he knows when you're going to mess up. He knows what you've done in your past, and he knows the problems you're going to face in your future. And he still shows you. Let me leave you this point. There's nothing that you could ever do or have ever done or will ever do that will stop God loving you. He knows what you're going to choose and he still loves you. Because the reality is this. The fallen of God means that he knows everything about us. You know, if we knew something about someone, if we knew that someone was about to hurt us, was going to damage us, was going to betray us, was going to leave us in the dirt, was going to uh, take advantage of us or, or mistreat us or abuse us or, you know, bankrupt us, would you choose them as a partner in life? Would you choose them as your friend? Would you choose them? But yet God chose us because we've walked away from him. We've neglected him. We've abandoned him. We've done all kinds of things to him in difficult circumstances. We've put other things, priorities before him. We've given to other things before giving to him. We've chosen to worship other things rather than worship him. And yet he still chose us. That's love. That's real love. Not based on what you can do for me, but what God does for us. We wouldn't make that choice. And you can see it. Did Jesus know that Judas was going to betray him? Did Jesus know that Peter was going to deny him? Did he still choose them? Of course he did. And he chooses you and me in spite of our mistakes, in spite of our failures. And that is the amazing thing. We don't have to be perfect for God to love us. God loves us in spite of our flaws, in spite of our mistakes, in spite of our weaknesses. He still chose us. And that's what Peter wants to remind them. And he wants to remind us as a church. God still loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. He chose you. You are his child. You are loved. Not because of what you will do. But because of who you are. It's not about performance. It's about relationship. Most of us. If we knew people would do things to us, we would not choose them. And that's why Peter comes to this knowledge. In fact, knowing this, that he was chosen by God, even though he betrayed Jesus. 
So when he writes this letter, he says, you are chosen in spite of your flaws. So Peter says, remember, you have been especially chosen by a loving God. You are especially chosen by a loving God. And that's point number one. Then he moves into the second point. Not only are you chosen, but number two, God prepares a future for you. Not only does he choose you, but he prepares a great future for you. Listen to what Peter says now. He says, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And here's the important part. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Peter reminds these people that they have a secure future for them. And the reality is that he is not talking so much as a place, but an identity. He's not saying that, you know... It's there and then you have to wait and somehow in the future if you do good and you work life out well and if you take the right path in life and everything works out, then you'll get this. That's not what he's saying. He's saying when you discover your identity in Christ, you can take it all right now. And it can't be stolen from you. It can't be taken away, it can't decay, it can't fade, because you have it. There's a security there. When you live from this space of security, you don't need to identify with other things. When you live from this place of who you know you are in Christ Jesus, that is your inheritance. The inheritance is the knowledge of who you are in Jesus. When you have the most solid foundation you have is Jesus, who is the rock of strength, you don't have to go looking and searching for other things to fulfill you. When you understand who you are in Christ, you don't need to fill yourself up with things that somehow make you better. When you understand who you are, who is for us, what our inheritance is, you don't need to go begging for things that you think you need. When God gives you everything. In ancient times, a father or the patriarch of the family would leave an inheritance for his family. And if you were the eldest son, you got the jackpot because you got a double portion. Right? So it was good to be the firstborn son, not daughter, mind you, son. So that's the son. It is discrimination, isn't it? I agree with you. It was definitely discrimination. But that's how it worked, right? If you were the son and you were the oldest son, you got a double portion. And you were supposed to be responsible for looking after your family members. But if you didn't like your family members, well, then you didn't give them anything. Because guess what? You got the lion's share. You got it all, right? And so it doesn't matter how much the father had, as long as the father was alive, you didn't have anything. You had to wait for the father to die, for the patriarch to die in order for you to get anything. But what Peter's telling us is that we don't have to wait because as soon as Christ comes into our life, he gives us our inheritance right 
now. We get everything right now. You don't have to wait for peace. You don't have to wait for joy. Because you get his favor. You get his joy. You get his peace. You get his love. You get his grace. You get his protection. You get his spirit right now. Your inheritance is in you right now. You get everything right now. When you get Jesus, you get all of it. And that's what Peter's trying to say. It's going to be with you all the time. And this is your inheritance. It's your identity of who you are. You don't have to wait at some future date. You can get all of it right now. We receive it. Freely God pours it into our life. Abundantly. Without measure. He gives over and over again. Even when we struggle and don't even think that he's near, who he's generous, he still pours it out into our life. And so you get this overflowing grace of God that flows over and over again. And so when you face difficulties, you get God's peace. When you get the rejection, you get his love. When you get people turning their back on you, you get him embracing you. When you feel like you're abandoned, he brings you close. You get all of it right now. And as Christ followers, we have been given our inheritance now because we have been given Jesus. Jesus, right now in our world, right now in our life, is more than enough. Gives us enough. So you can move into this place of safety and security because we come from this place of wealth and strength built upon the knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus. We come out of this place of grace. We don't come to find it. We come out of it because he's already given it to us. That's a whole different understanding because you're not searching for grace. You're not searching for his love. You're coming from his place of love, from his place of grace. It's already poured out into your life. You're not running to find it somehow accumulated into your world. You've been already given this amazing inheritance. So number one, God chose us. Number two, we have an unrevocable inheritance, which is our identity in Christ Jesus. And number three, God empowers you for transformation. God empowers you for transformation. And this is what he says, what Peter says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Who gets a gift? Each of you. Every single one of you. Each of you should use whatever gift you've been received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So as I said before, you're coming from this place of grace. So you're serving what God has already poured out into your life. Whatever gift God has given you, you have to give it to others as faithful stewards. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Right? So each and every single one of us have been given a gift. Every single one of us has got something. Now you might be saying, well, I don't know what I have. Just because you're ignorant of the fact of what you have does not negate the fact that you've got something. Just because you don't know how to use it doesn't mean that you don't have it. 
Just because you're not aware of it doesn't mean that God didn't give it to you. We've all been given a gift. That's what God says. And Paul, as I said before, he's going to come in right now and he's going to say the same thing. Because in Ephesians 4 chapter 8, this is what he says. This is why it says, when he ascended, speaking about Jesus on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his children, to his people, to men. He gave us all a gift from his inexhaustible resource center he poured out into our lives so all of us have been given something amazing something powerful something transformative and paul doesn't just stop there in ephesians because when he writes the romans he tells them the very same thing he says in romans 12 verse 6 he says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us right not some of us, not some people and not others, to every single one of us. That's what he says in Romans 12, 6. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. All of us have been given a gift. Tell yourself, I have a gift. I have a gift. Tell your neighbor, you have a gift. So which leads us to the next big question, right? The next question is, well, if all of us have been given a gift, what do we do with a gift? What is this gift for? Alright? No, it's not for you to keep. Peter tells us this. Each one of you should use whatever gift you've given or received to serve others. Your gift is not for you. That's what it is. The gift you've been given is so you can serve others. And when we get into the mentality of thinking this is my gift... This is for me, you're off track because that's not the heart of God. God's heart is to give. And so he gives into your life so you can give to others. So he, he, you can be a visual representative of who he is. Because he gives, you should be able to do the same thing. Because you're made in his image. You come from this resource center that he's poured into your life. So you're distributing. You're not attracting things to yourself. You're giving away. You're distributing. You're pouring out. Of the inexhaustible resources that God has poured into you. You're a conduit for God's blessing in your life. You're not a dam to store up. But you're a river that flows. Because anything that is stagnant is for dead things. But anything that flows brings life. And that's why, you know, the prophet says, wherever the river flows, it brings life and healing. Because it's a conduit for God. It flows from the throne of grace. So what gifts you have received is for the benefit of others. The gift is given so you can serve from who you are into what you need to do. The gift is given so you can serve from who you are into what you need to do. God's gifts are given to transform the world around you. Your family, your community, your surroundings, the church. To help him carry out his love to others. To display his goodness to the world. That many through you can experience his love, his grace, and his goodness. And here is also the greatest thing that Peter says. And I want you to not miss this point. He says you serve it not under your own mobility, but under God's power. This is what he says. They should do so with the strength God provides. That's what he says in this verse. They should do so with the strength God provides. So in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. You should serve with God's strength. Because he's given you the strength to do it. 
He's given you the ability to do it. He doesn't just give you the gift, but he gives you the motor to drive it forward. The power that comes to distribute the gift. So not just like, well, I have this gift and I don't know what to do with it. No, the power comes from him to do it. So you can't boast in it at all, right? You can't take any credit for it because it comes from him and it's powered by him. And so it's from him to others. That's what we're called to do. They should do so with the strength that God provides. See, the reality is that many of us, we've shelved our gifts. We've put it on the back burner. We don't use them. We reject them because sometimes we are embarrassed in front of people. We are ashamed of what other people would think about us if we do this and we do that. And we don't feel like we should do it. And we're not comfortable in doing it. And so therefore we don't want to do it. And the reality is that it's not just you that suffer, it's everyone else that suffers too. Right? You're blessed to be a blessing. So if you're not a blessing, then other people can't be blessed. Because the conduit is not working. The design that God put in place is not working. You know, many people come to Christianity now and they say, well, how come we don't see miracles now? We saw it before. Why don't we see miracles now? I have the answer. You know what the answer is? You realize what the answer to that question is? The miracles are locked up in our unwillingness to be what God called us to be. That's why you don't see miracles. Because God gave us gifts. And if those gifts are not in operation, how would you see the miracle that's supposed to happen? If you don't step forward and use what God has blessed you with. So the miracles don't happen because we don't step into what God has called us to do. That's the reality of the question. Paul says this. You know, I believe this. In this place, and I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about right here in this community. All you right now. In this place, there's gifts of healing. There's gifts of prophecy, there's gifts of teaching, there's gifts of giving, there's gifts of leading, there's gifts of encouragement, there's gifts of generosity. It's all here right now for us to exercise. We just don't want to do it because we're embarrassed, we're shy, we don't know what other people think. So we might mess up and it'll be bad and I'll be embarrassed and I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk to that person because I'm uncomfortable. Let someone else do it. We don't do it. That's why you don't see anything. We talk about a God of power, we worship a God of power, we celebrate a God of power, but when it comes to me, well, it's for someone else. Just use someone else, God, because I don't want to be embarrassed. Listen to what Paul says. I want you to pay close attention to this. This is what Paul says in Romans 12, 6. We have different gifts. All of us have different gifts. According to the grace given to us. Which means God determines who gets what gift. And he gives it. If you have the gift of prophesying. Then prophesy according to your faith. Listen carefully. You're only going to exercise this gift according to the level of your faith. So guess what? If your faith is down here, will you exercise your gift? Absolutely not. You only exercise the gift according to your faith. If it isn't serving, then... Is he, is he confused? If it's in serving, if you have the gift of serving, do what? Serve. How will you demonstrate this gift? How will you know you have this gift? 
You have to serve it in order to know if you have the gift of serving. It doesn't just go, there's no flashing neon sign over your head that goes, this is your gift. If it is in teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is show mercy, do it cheerfully. I love those two words, diligently and cheerfully. Because the word diligent means not sporadically, not on an occasional basis, not when I decide to, not when I choose to, but all the time. I'm doing it over and over and over again. And cheerfully is not resentfully. Not, well, you know, that person looked at me funny, so I'm not feeling like it. I don't feel the vibe today. I'm just not gelling, you know. I don't know if I should be. I don't feel cheerful today. It doesn't matter what you feel. What if God chose to do things based on how he felt? What if he said, you know what? I gave you this, I gave you that. You didn't even say thank you. We're cut off. What if he did things based on how he felt? No, it doesn't matter. What if Jesus said, you know what? This cross thing, I really don't feel it today. This cup thing that I'm supposed to drink, well, just send it over to someone else because, you know, I'm suffering in this garden. No one's appreciating it. So just, just move it ahead. Shift it on down to someone else because I'm not vibing with this right now. You know, this cross thing is going to be a bit painful. I think the nails are a little bit going to be a little bit too deep. And I don't know if I've got my tan on today. And I don't think I have the right clothes on. And I think John gave me an evil look. And Peter's definitely looking at me funny. So I'm just not feeling it today. So let's just postpone this whole thing. What if Jesus said that? That's what, did he say that? And he said, nevertheless, let your will be done. What if we had that attitude? What if we had that mentality? God, I didn't feel comfortable, but nevertheless, let your will be done. I don't think I'll, I like it, but nevertheless, let your will be done. What if I don't feel like it? Nevertheless, let your will be done. What if we had that attitude? Not put ourselves first and think, well, I don't like it. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough resources. I don't have any of these things. But all those excuses are mute because God says he gives you the gift and he empowers you to do it. So where's your excuse? Where's our excuse? God gave you a gift because, yes, guess what? He believes in you. Whether you choose to believe in yourself or not. God believes in you and therefore he gave it to you. He chose you. So let's start trusting him, right? Let's start following what he says. Let's start stepping into it. Let's start using it in the church. And yes, it's like riding a bike. The reality is it's like riding a bike. The first time you use your gift, you're going to mess up. It's the reality. But you get back on the bike, right? You want to learn how to ride a bike? You're going to fall off. You're going to have some training wheels. You're going to do whatever you can. And God says it's okay. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if it doesn't work the first time. It's okay if people say, well, I don't think you do it right. It's okay because guess what? You're not doing it to please them. You're doing it for His glory. You're doing it because that's what God created you to be. You're part of His team. It's a talent that He's got you. He's given you. It's a gift. The talent He's given you. 
And I'm so thankful that we have people that have stepped forward. What would it be like if we came here this morning and the praise team goes, we just don't feel like it today, you know? Like I had a bad night last week, so I don't feel like playing the guitar today. What are you guys going to think? You're like, oh, okay. No, it, it, we have people that have stepped forward regardless of how they feel or what the season is like that are faithful in doing what God has given us. So let's use examples that are present and working in our world already. And let's step forward to be what God has called us to be. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you're not perfect. It's okay if you don't get it right the first time or the 10th time or even the 50th time. That's okay. God's not mad at you. We will not be mad at you. I promise. As long as you are doing what God has called you to do. That's what's important. That's what the gift is for. So choose to trust him. Choose to follow his word. Choose to step out on his promises. You will never ever regret it. Because all of us have got the talent. All of us have got the gifts. It's what we choose to do with it. And the world is waiting on the sons of God to be redeemed. In the sense that we are holding back God's work in this community. We think we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on us. We are holding back his demonstration of his love to others. Not God, we are. So let's not sit on our gifts. Let's not shove our gifts. Let's not put them on the back burner. Let's use them and you will see marvelous miracles. Because if you demonstrate the gift of healing, you're going to get someone healed. And maybe you prayed 10 times and nothing happened. Maybe it's the 11th time. And maybe your faith grows in that, in that instant. And maybe you can give to the, to the building of our new building because that God has given you a spirit of generosity. And maybe you can encourage someone who's sitting in the back who comes in and they're going through a rough week. And they don't know what's happening, but you can sit with them and encourage them. You can do all these things. It's in the house right now right here right now in our hands God has given his power into mortal hands lift up your hand look at it look at it God's power exists right there all you have to do is stretch it out and it will be so I remind you again what Peter and Paul remind us number one God chose you God prepares a great future for you and God empowers you for transform it's in you and as always let's close with two questions because I want you to take away something it's like you have good meal you want to take away some good food right dessert yeah was it good food all right now one, here's the first question I have pray this week and ask God to help you see what gifts he has given you take some time this week pray you know, another way you can find out what gift you have is ask someone that is around you. What am I good at? What is the passion that you see in me? Someone that loves you or is around you will know what you're passionate about, right? Especially godly people. Ask them, what am I good at? Ask yourself, what are you passionate about? What stirs your heart, right? When you see something, or you see something not happening, it stirs your heart. You're like, that is not how it's supposed to be. I know how to fix it. Then fix it. What stirs your heart? Here's another one. What gets you upset? That will help determine what your gift is. 
Because sometimes you're watching TV and you don't see so many things in the news, nothing bothers you, and one thing bothers you. Why is that bothering you? Sit in that place. Why is that one thing bothering me? Because there's something in your heart, and maybe it's about justice, you know. You don't like people being treated badly, and something in your heart is stirring. God put that there. There's something happening. Don't rush out of that moment. Don't just dismiss it. Sit in that moment and find out, God, why am I upset about this thing? What is bothering me about it? Why is my heart upset at this? And you'll discover that you have some sort of purpose related to that. Number two, how can you use your gifts in the church? Right? Before we want to help the community, we need to be empowered to help the community. Before we want to change the world, we have to be empowered to change the world. Before we want to change others, we have to change ourselves. So, how can you use your gifts in church? Right? What area can you help with? What area can you be part of? There's many people that want help in this place. You can help. Be part of it. Whether it's one hour a month, whether it's two hours every six months. We're not concerned about how much you're doing. It's just about doing. When you do, you're going to align your heart with God. It happens automatically because you're already doing what God called you to do. You're demonstrating what he's put in you. It automatically flows and you'll get closer to God. Just by doing what he's asked you to do. If you walked in today, you probably saw a big banner. Turn around and look if you haven't seen it. It's called Next Steps. Next Steps is our new place that you go to if you need any answers. If you don't know what to do, guess what the next thing to do is. Go to Next Steps. Cool how that works, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know what happens here. Well, go to Next Steps, right? How do I get involved? I go to... <laughs> it's fun, is that right? That's <laughs> how it works. It's next step. What's your? There you go. That's the question I have for you today. What's your next step? Because next steps is waiting for you. <laughs> right? So whatever you need, any information that you have or require in the church will always be available at next steps. So whatever you want to do, get involved in, please see us at next steps. Let's bring the series to a close. Let's pray for each other. All right? Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.